90s Now with Kelly Alexander and Sharon Hyland. Oh, hey, you guys. <laughs> and by you guys, I mean Kelly. <laughs> it's just me, Sharon. I get to answer first this week. Adam usually jumps right in. It's true. He's always very enthusiastic about 90s Now. Yeah. Still happening. <laughs> yeah, our little Adam is off today. Yeah. Which reminds me, uh, when we when we get to trivia, I'm going to have to remind him where to insert the amazing sound effect. Bing bong. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> it's like he's here when you do it. Yeah. I feel it. That's why. Yeah. Yep. Um, so he is here in spirit. Mm-hmm. We are here in fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How's your day going so far today? Uh, it's been a long one. Not going to lie. So... Uh... All happy times. Um, we should oh, mention I'm I didn't. Sure. We didn't talk about this before we, I pressed the record button. But um, we are coming up on a hiatus. Would you like to let the people know? <laughs> hiatus. Yeah. Yeah, we're not on strike. Yeah. We are, uh, uh, and we support the people that are looking for better conditions for themselves and their careers mm-hmm. and their art. Um, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But we are taking our summer break. So it it will we'll do this show and then we'll do one more show for the summer and then come back and take on a new season of nineties now. Season twelve. Season twelve. How so did that's that kinda happen? interesting? It's interesting that we're coming kind of full circle, at least for the end of season eleven. At least for this episode, as we near the end of season eleven, it's just you and me, yeah. Kel. <laughs> just as the show started. Yeah, all the and way then of back course we and... added we added what we needed by bringing uh, Adam on board. Little of Adam. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping our good friend Ginger Bear, who listens over in New Zealand, isn't too devastated that Adam's not in this episode. But <laughs> yeah, he shall return, worry. Ginger Bear. I like that Ginger yeah. Bear, by the way. Um, I think was busy for several weeks and then sent us a note saying that he was binge watching. I love that people were binge watching us. That's amazing. It's very nice. You, sh- you can also um, binge listen should you <laughs> be listening. I did my hair today, so yeah, this for the bingers. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it works for the audio files, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just know it's good hair today. It's nice hair. (laughs) So we'll get into a few fun things for today, not the least of which is um, we'll tell you which doctor uh, was nervous around royalty. Wink a wink a nudge a nudge a. Also, who would rather drop dead than retire? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> me. No, it sounds drastic, but uh, it'll make all the sense in the world once we tell you who it is. And uh, you'd rather drop down than retire, Kel? Yeah. <laughs> Not me. Yep. Um, <laughs> well, Kelly's going to give us some trivia to challenge our confidence. Ultimately, that's what that does. Um, <laughs> and your 90s rewind will go to the heat of the summer of 1994. Also, Robert Downey thinks that his most recent movie is... His best yet, which is good since because of the uh, current striking situation where both um, writers and actors are currently on strike, at least as per the uh, uh, recording of this episode, I figure we should probably start there. If we're going to talk about movies Mm -hmm. or or that sort of uh, um, platform, we should uh, we can't not talk about the strike. Uh, and it really will it'll get people looking back onto what they can watch because new stuff has actually come to a screeching halt because of this strike, right? Yeah. And I actually just read um, – so it's like there's so many nuances to this whole story because, first of all, um, you know, I, I think it's important for us to put forth that from what – you know, the information that we've been given that uh, – 
you know, I think because I think some people think, oh, it's Hollywood, like they all make a gajillion dollars, you know, they don't need more money. But uh, I know that there's something like 160,000 people in the Actors Guild mm -hmm. and then like 11,000-ish, maybe a bit more in the Writers Guild. And uh, jumping back to the actors for a second, many of them are kind of like uh, NFL regular journeyman players, you know, where right. it's like there's a certain level that you're attaining and, and that's what it is. And not mm -hmm. everybody is Tom Brady. And Correct. Yeah. And so it's very important that they are protected a million percent because they don't have a $25 million nest egg to, you know, sit back down on and be okay for X amount of time. And so I think it's important to mention that. And it's also important to mention, too, that Hollywood, just as any other industry, has trickle-down industries. So, mm -hmm. like, if a Hollywood production is not happening, then neither are craft services that might be an external company that's brought in to do that, uh, security yep. for the film set or the television studio, um, you know, in 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 uh, in a movie situation, they're not going to like a, a, a city like ours, like Montreal, which gets a lot of American films. So they're mm -hmm. not bringing money into our city. You know, so there's many facets of all of this, and I think that's why it's important that this is not like poo pooed, like it's a rich, you know, Hollywood actor situation. No, exactly. Yeah, and then so and then to your point, Sharon. Yeah, like uh, mo anything that's attached to a major network studio like major studio is not happening from what i gather if you're an right. independent film uh, and not attached to a major you can keep working soap operas are they fall under a different even though they are part of this union they fall under a different contract because um from what i understand it's almost like they're essential workers because mm -hmm. their time slots have been there forever and you know a network can't be expected to fill that just like you know, at the drop of a hat, especially because soap operas go all year round. So yeah. they're the ones that are allowed to work. But then, yeah, like shows that, you know, like Tom Selleck's Blue Bloods, that's not coming back in September. So you're saying that who's allowed to work? Soap, soap actors. actors? But they don't have writers. Um, I'm not sure how that works for them, but they're allowed to keep to keep going. Interesting. Yeah, because so, I, as you know, I'm a huge soap fan and have been yeah. in the genre since the 90s, if not before. Yeah. And uh, actually before in the 80s, because when I watched... In General the womb. Well, yeah, it. in the womb when I watched General Hospital. Um, but I follow a lot of soap actors on uh, Instagram. And yeah. like for one, for example, Michelle Stafford, who's an amazing performer. She's on The Young and the Restless. And she just posted today saying, in solidarity with our uh, actor friends who are fully on strike, we won't be posting... Um, because she often posts like behind the scenes videos and like cool things from the set. And they're all not doing that. Uh, out of solidarity, even though they are on set and they are working. Uh, I'm reading right now that it says they're, uh, the uh, SAG after a contract expires on June 30th, an actor's strike expected to have. So it did happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and a whole story of why they're still making new episodes. So you are right on that one. Yeah. And then I just read today, Sharon, I hadn't had a chance to send you the article that, and I'm not sure how they kind of sneak through this, but the voice. And certain other reality shows, it's kind of kind of going to be on a case by case basis. They're going to mm -hmm. actually be able to stay in production, and that kind of makes sense too. Is there is there much? Um, I don't want to think that those kind of shows are written. You know? Yeah. Well, like, I, I guess I, you want those reactions to be genuine and, yeah. and not written for them. So. But it's interesting because I because I I did read that it, it really is going to be a case by case basis, and I think for example like Celebrity Jeopardy can continue, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune can continue, 
Um, I'm assuming regular Jeopardy, regular Wheel of Fortune, like that can obviously all go on with regular contestants. But uh, the rumor is that we'll probably be getting a lot more game shows over the next while. Um, And some networks or some streamers like Netflix, for example, they, in anticipation of this strike, had apparently stockpiled some stuff to kind of get them through X amount of months. But from what I've also heard is that that stockpile is not as extensive as they, you know, would either like us to believe or just not, it's not there. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so we'll have to, I think 2024 is going to be interesting to see, you know, the gaps that are going to be happening, especially like, for example, for me, I'm a big uh, one Chicago girl. Like I love uh, Chicago fire. I love Chicago PD and those shows will not be back in September, you know, that so will we get them yeah. in the first quarter of 2024 don't know unless the strike gets fi- fi- fixed you know and i'll say that i don't know every single detail about the situation for the strike except that uh it seems that as uh you know platforms um evolve that contracts have to evolve with them yeah so where people are are missing out on on residual payments because their contract hasn't included, let's say, whatever new platform where this is now being made available. Uh, I think that has to be made fair. And it's, it's it's just as simple as that. I mean, I can say it confidently, it's as simple as that. Of course, having prefaced it with saying, I don't know all the details. But I think that when it gets to this situation, there there usually is someone saying, oh, yeah, go ahead and strike. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And ultimately, they're striking and not getting paid, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it does hurt them as they're trying to stand for the, for what they believe in and what they believe they deserve. Um, I, I, I don't like it when it gets to this point. It shouldn't have to get to a strike situation. And it does get to a strike situation because one of the parties feels that they're not being treated fairly. Mm-hmm. So that's where you have to start, in my opinion. Figure out how to make it fair. Mm-hmm. And Period. like it's, um, you know, obviously, as my mother would say, Mommy Alexander, it takes two to tango. But oh, she says that, does she? she? Does. She's a dancer. She's a dancer. She's a dancer, as you call her, uh, call them. Um, but uh, I feel like, you know, from what we've been hearing in the press, you know, many, uh, we'll call them upper management types, have gotten raises and bonuses and all that sort of stuff. Um, on the side of the networks and the streamers. And that's why, why are they crying poverty if they're having that opportunity? And again, like I'll say allegedly, but that's, you know, what we've been reading in the, in the press that, you know, they have money to spend (laughs) and they just don't want to spend it in the places that maybe they should be like their talent pools. And I find it interesting too, that at this stage of our social game slash social media game, we can all see what's happening, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like we get, like we know that there's, that this evolution is happening. So we know that there's money on the table and, and someone's put their hand up going, no, no, don't touch my pile. Yeah. You know, it's not just your pile though. So. And I actually um, um, listened to an interview today uh, with, I think it was the head of ACTRA, which is the Canadian version of, you know, what's going on with our friends to the South. And, um. Like some of the effects that are going on is based off of what happened in pandemic, which is like a lot of auditioning had to happen with like self tapes, like you taping yourself. And I've heard about that before. And now it sounds like because it was such an effective tool for producers and directors to get auditions that way, they're not many of them are not returning to in person 
mm-hmm. you know, auditions. So that means it's falling to the artist to make sure they've got some sort of decent lighting, you know, whatever else. And, and, and like yeah. even microphones, like video gear, you know, especially if they're trying to make their audition tape stand out. So that all would have been handled before by the show that they were trying to get on or the movie they're trying to get on. But now that's falling to the actor themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's an added cost. Um, and then that's another thing where the network slash, you know, film companies are able to not have to pay to like rent a room or like, you know, have all these yeah. people and maybe have some donuts. Like they don't need to swap for donuts <laughs> anymore. So, so it's just things like that, like we don't see. And then also too, uh, we won't get too crazy in this, but like AI problems, you oh, know, yeah. like where likeness and images and voice, like that's a concern also that they need to have ironed out that are all things that have kind of come to fruition over the last few years. So, Hey, speaking of AI mm-hmm. and how gross that is, um, on our show this morning, we played a clip of uh, AI Johnny Cash singing Barbie Girl. Oh, my goodness. Which would never have happened, obviously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's very believable. Really? Eh? And that's just gross. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's gross because of what we do and it really puts a, a marker on us like, oh, replaceable. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think on like an even more elevated scale, it's the, the possibilities are really, they're scary and dangerous and, yeah, and all that, you know? Uh, when you think of like phone scams and stuff and how, you know, you know, those grandparent scams where a kid calls to say that he's, He's in jail and he needs money. He can't call his dad. And and the grandmother believes it, but it's not even the kid calling. So I think those things will get ramped up. It's just the possibilities are dangerous and ultimately uh, eliminating of of employment. But that's a whole offshoot from where we were. And where we were was partially talking about the the strike, but also talking about how Robert Downey Jr. is feeling very confident about uh, his most recent film. And of course, the segue was see it now because uh, everybody's on strike. So um, by the time of the uh, recording of this episode, and by the time you guys get it, his new movie Oppenheimer is available Mm -hmm. is in theaters and with the heat waves all over the world, a nice air conditioned uh, movie theater is a great option to keep cool. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Now Oppenheimer, like I just think it's amazing when you think of the, the list of movies and, and credits to Robert Downey Jr.'s name He's been around for a long time. He's uh, been there, done that, um, and, and you know, come out the other side a stronger person and a better person. But I find it interesting to to be at a, a stage of your life where the thing that you've done now is the one that you think is your best work. Yeah, that says a lot. It's uh, yeah, especially for the resume that you just listed that he's got, which mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's longer than our both of our arms. So yeah, and and the the fact that he was like you know quite clear the quote was because he was on the um um, kevin hart show with him and said just gonna flat out say it this is the best film i've ever been in it's not necessarily like he's not necessarily touting his own work he's talking about the film in general Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which i think is pretty cool yeah because i don't know like how big his actual role is like i don't think he's the star right so he is among the stars in this movie yeah yeah Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And he plays a physicist. He fits that that look. He does. Yep. He is. As Rosie Iron O'Donnell Man. would say, he's a cutie patootie. 
She did say that in our favorite decade, didn't she? She did, yeah. She also had the Frankly counter. She had the what? The Frankly counter. Remember I told you, like, every time she would say the word frankly? Oh, yeah. The Frankly counter. (laughs) Yes, you did. It was just last show you said that. Was it? Seems like a whole show ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, on we go then. Let's get into some trivia. How about it? 90s. (laughs) Now. Trivia. So we'll start with art and literature to make Sharon work. Literature. Yeah. For our friends in the UK, let me speak your language. Literature. That was very nice. You nailed it. The, Thank uh, you. The color <laughs> Tiffany blue has been trademarked since which year? Uh, 1997. Close. So that's what I guessed, and it was 98. Damn it. <laughs> so close. <laughs> um, which tennis star – so this is from the sports category. Which oh, tennis yes. star courted Barbara Streisand in the early 90s? I don't know that I remember this. I do. Oh, my God. Now uh, I, I'm shocked and disturbed. Go ahead. What's his name with the hair? Andre Agassi? Yeah. I didn't remember that. Yeah. Do tell. I don't remember this. What was going on? Did they actually go to like a... I don't think I remembered it until you just said it, to be honest. <laughs> um, he had his... Uh, like He was a handsome young man and he had this amazing hair. Um and, you know, there's there's a professional athlete. There's They are, you know, specimens, right? Yeah. I don't know how the, the link would have got him to Barbara Streisand. See, if Adam was here, I would ask Adam to Google her age and also his. Well, I think she's in the um, – I know she's a Taurus. Do you know that? I think the day after my birthday, I believe. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me, or the day before, perhaps. Anyways, let me let me take on Adam's role here. And, I appreciate uh, because there must be, what, a good 15 years difference? I would say easily because... Yeah, if not more. Uh, he's close. Yeah, he's at least 20 because she's um, she's 71. Is that what that says? She's only 71? Oh, no, that's a lie. She's 81. There we are. Okay. <laughs> now, okay, that makes... That's... I, I know I'm showing off my math skills. Yeah. She's 51. Yeah. Just kidding. She's 81. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see if this just comes up. There we go. Uh, Data's tennis champion, uh, from 92 to 93. So if we're doing some math in 92, she would have been 50. And let's check his age. At that time, he would have been, oh, brother, 22. 22? Yeah, he was born, he's younger than me. He's born in 1970. Also a Taurus. Yeah. That's why. Either they succeeded or they did not. Because they're both Taurus. Isn't that wild, though? That is wild. That's quite an age diff. That, uh, yep. What is that, 28 years? Yeah. Well, it's always uh, interesting. It's 28 years. Um, Interesting when when the the male is younger than the female. Mm -hmm. She's like a black widow. Is that what they call it? No, a cougar. Yeah, it's a cougar. Um, yeah. Black widows, I think, eat their their mates. They kill them. What have you been watching this weekend? <laughs> I worry about it. <laughs> That's how spiders kill, by the way. The visual is they just crumple things up. <laughs> <laughs> That's how. That's science. 
This is what I bring to this show, yeah. science and technology. Sharon's Grade 8 Science Project. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's a spider doing a push-up on a mirror. Yeah. How about that? Remember that one? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I have to just la- – my uh, as we've discussed, my nieces are in high school – and yeah. I can't tell you the look of disdain that I get. And I and my, for our American friends, I'm, I'm sure they obviously still probably call it grade seven, grade eight, grade nine, whatever. But I think for, it's middle school, right? Middle school, for yeah. A, but for us junior here, high. But for us here, like it used to be grade seven, grade eight, grade nine, grade ten, grade eleven. But now it's sec one, sec two, sec three, sec four, sec five, and like they look at me funny. I'm like, listen, it sounds much cooler to say you're in grade ten than sec yeah. four. So yeah, yeah. Like, it, like they invented school or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> oh, the kids of today, Sharon. That's what happens. That reaction is is when I drop down to their level. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had teenagers in our house once. Now they're in their 20s. We're fine. Are they both in their 20s? Yeah. How did that happen? Yeah. One will be 25 in the fall. And uh, the elder is 28. They're well into their 20s at this <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I look so young. I know what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my joke lately is uh, I'll hold my stomach and go, oh, two kids, you know? Yeah. I didn't birth these children, so there's no reason for me to blame the children for yeah. what I'm putting in my belly. All right, Kel. <laughs> time, to, time to move forward. Moving on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I did okay in trivia this time. Yep, pretty good. Yep. yep. One for two. Yep. One yep. for two. Okay, so let's go to the doctor who's uh, nervous around royalty. Yep. It's Dr. Dre. Not Dr. Seuss. Not Dr. Seuss. Yeah. He's irrelevant in 90s references. <laughs> but Dr. Dre, bit yep. of a different story. And imagine Dr. Dre... Um, did I confuse my, my, it was Dr. Dre that was on the Kevin Hart show, not, uh, Robert Downey Jr. I take it all back. (laughs) Um, but Dr. Dre talking to Kevin Hart about, uh, why he didn't work with the likes of Michael Jackson, King of Pop, Prince, Prince, uh, Stevie Wonder, when all of those opportunities were presented to him, he said, they just asked me to work with them. And I was just like, what the bleep am I going to do with them? <laughs> <laughs> These are like established artists. What could he possibly bring to them? And I can totally understand mm-hmm. the nerves or, or like, uh, no, you know. I also think uh, he was worried about trying to live up to their sound or trying to find his version of their sound. For sure. So, For sure. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing an interview with uh, with Quincy Jones and um, a, a broadcaster at that time who has since been uh, um, disgraced by his own actions. But he ignorantly asked <laughs> uh, Quincy Jones, uh, what, did, what, what did you take away from working with Michael Jackson? Quincy Jones, who <laughs> has been around... A long time. Mm -hmm. Has a long list of credits that predate um, Michael Jackson's existence in the world. (laughs) Uh, And his, uh, Quincy Jones's answer was basically, what, what was he going to show me? (laughs) 
<laughs> which I loved because it sort of shut down this now disgraced broadcaster in a way that I thought, good. <laughs> You're this aggressive so tonight, smug. Sharon. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty sassy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do love, though, that uh, uh, Dre says, my entire life and career has been dealing with and working with new artists. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. There's a lot of um, producers that feel that way, that want to be the person that discovers the next thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually is also translated into what we do for a living because there's certain times where, you know, uh, like a manager in our situation either wants to work with someone who has experience or is like, nope, I want the newbie. And and we mold them in my image or whatever. So well, that's what it is. It's less about the newbie and more about the person who wants to mold them. Mm-hmm. Don't get me going. <laughs> Too late. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what? Not to take away from or over uh, over serve Dr. Dre. He refers to those artists as his heroes. Mm-hmm. So it's with no disrespect that he didn't work with them. Certainly with great reverence, I'm sure that he was like, uh, no. <laughs> if Janet ever th- asks me to work with her, I'm saying yes. I can bring Cowbell to the table. You know what, Kel? If she asks me to work with her, I'll <laughs> say yes to and invite you. Okay, I appreciate that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we should do a quick update before you move on to um, – because our longtime listeners will know that, you know, uh, we're huge fans of Cece Peniston. Yeah. And uh, – uh, she recently posted something on her Instagram and I sent her a message back saying like, basically like it's just celebrating her and saying that she's fire. And then she um, wrote back. And again, this is for our longtime listeners and said that she still has my vinyl that she was supposed to give me probably in season four of this show. <laughs> so uh, still hoping to, uh, to get that vinyl. Yeah. You're on her mind though. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. Cause the vinyl actually, you know, is for, um, you know, obviously, I love her song, Finally, but my favorite song from her is We've Got a Love Thing. Oh, yeah. Great song. And so that was the the 12-inch vinyl she was going to sign for me. Or she actually, I think, I believe, has signed it. It just has never found its way to me yet. So um, fingers crossed, Sharon. Fingers That's crossed. That's a hey, side note for a second. That song was a, a wedding saver for my friend's wedding back in the day. When oh, the really? DJ was... Oh, yeah, because the DJ was all like playing ballads and playing. And this was I think it might have still been light outside, you know, like and he was going down the the road of songs for the older part or older generation, whatever. And people were leaving. And my friend was like, you got to do something. So I went up on the stage and I said, hey, you got any of this? And I was rifling through his stuff, which DJs love when you do that. They They love it. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, look, you have this. You should play this. And he's like, oh, you think? And he, it was, we got a love thing. And it was like, you know, the way it starts. And everybody was like, wow. They all went to the dance floor. I'm like, great. Now you got to play this, 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 and yes. this. Here you go. I'll be back. <laughs> His experience was more uh, more catered to uh, an older audience, but they weren't, <laughs> yes, they weren't gonna staying. I going to say catered to the, the dearly departed. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, oh, this is a beautiful uh, string <laughs> arrangement. Oh, my God. Come on, guy. Anyways, um, what were we just talking about? Uh, Cece Peniston and there was something else. And you said, what did you say before that? Because there was something I wanted to tie it into and I'm totally blanking on that now. Uh, Vinyl, 12 inch. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's it. Thank you. Uh, I picture her having that 
quick reference as yeah. uh, she's got a post-it on her fridge with <laughs> your name on it. Get vinyl to Kelly. And the edges of the post that are rolled up because it's been on her fridge yeah. for so long. <laughs> I do think it's from season four of us. I should actually try to go back and find out when we first made that. Actually, it must have been when I, we had her on the show, right? Like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we have had her on the show before. So um, that must be it. But yeah, I, I'll never give up hope that I'm going to get that. <laughs> you could isolate that clip and put it on an Instagram post and say, hashtag still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> then you'll never get it. I'll never She'll get it. She'll rip the post-it off the fridge and goes, forget about it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me check our list. Where are we at now? We've done all the very important business, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is what 90s now is, as you all know. Important business. Um, but imagine this. If the options were to drop dead or retire, yeah. <laughs> and there are more options, by the way. But that Dolly Parton said that she would rather drop dead in front of her audience than than retire. <laughs> that sounds like something Dolly Parton would say. DP. DP. She yeah. says, I always believe that if you wanted your dreams to come true and you are lucky enough to have that happen, then you've got to be responsible because you've got to keep the dream alive, right? So Dolly Parton, 77 years old, technically long past retirement age, mm-hmm. but she recently said, I would never retire. I'll just hopefully drop dead in the middle of a song on stage someday. That's how I hope to go. Guess what, Dolly Parton? Nobody in the room will want that to happen. <laughs> just you. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, lo- I love Sharon that she, like, in, in that statement that she put out, like, because she also talks a little bit later about wanting to have a talk show or, like, a show on TV and stuff. And yeah. I love that, like, she's inspiring to me because at 77 that she still has, like, significant goals yeah. that she wants to accomplish. Because I know, like, at my age, like, you're just obvi- – like, I still feel like I have road track left, but you start to be, like, not as much road track as when I was 20. And so Totally that. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, – and I'm sure this is, like, hovering around that – not midlife crisis, but, like, kind of where you're, like, man, I really need to get on this and, like, make herself out. <laughs> And I so think I love it, that at 77, she still wants to keep doing stuff. For sure. I think that if you, the more you, more attention you give to the the truth of the matter, which as you said, if, if you've got more time behind you than you do ahead of you, that that's not, that's not inspiring yeah. in and of itself. But if you say, hey, well, I've only got this much time, let's get to it. Yeah. You know, there's a real, you have to be the person that puts the positive spin on that timing. And she mm-hmm. says, as long as she's able to work and has her health, um, and her husband is good. She's good to go. She says, in the meantime, I'm going to make hay while the sun shines. Like a true country gal. Indeed. Love DP. Yeah. Go Dolly, go. And she just like released a rock album. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's fire. She keeps true to her word. Like yeah. a, a true Southerner, you know, like she said when she got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that she was going to commit to doing that. And basically everybody that was at the award that, um, the ceremony that night is on this album. Mm-hmm. It's a long list of people that she worked with for this album. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love that she, you know, puts it out there and then she does it. She says that she does it. And you know what's interesting too about Dolly Parton is like, she's kind of like the Betty White now. The Betty White. Well, she's she's always now going to be cool forever. I mean, yeah. she was cool already, but yep. like she's just... She's hot all over again with everybody, like her mm-hmm. peers, Miley Cyrus age. You know what I mean? Like she's got the fans that are just like she's cool, like a la Betty White, who who remained cool, you know, till the end of her time also. 
Totally. Not I mean, everybody if we're has comparing, that. If we're comparing notes, Betty White had, I mean, for age, Betty White got a whole uh, 22 more years. Mm-hmm. So, Dolly, keep it up. Keep it up. Don't die on stage. Yeah. <laughs> Do not. Uh, how about a 90s rewind? Kelly, you ready for that? 1994. 1994. After millions of people witnessed his farewell shows to the tune of uh, over $900 million. It's <laughs> a lot of dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go back to the summer where he was on the soundtrack to one of the great blockbusters, The Lion King. And can you feel the love tonight? Elton John is on our minds. And if I have to borrow $1,000 from someone, it's going to be him. <laughs> um, how about... Uh, how about All for One? And I swear, that's a song that got a whole new life. Like, was it 10, 15 years after? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a beautiful summer song, you know, for weddings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, beautiful summer song that just like for uh, my show. I almost did a shoulder shimmy, Alec Kelly Alexander. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Fantastic Voyage. The late, great Coolio was on our radios at that time. Similarly, I think if we're thinking of Hot Summers, uh, John Mellencamp and Michelle Endege Ocello oozed on their cover of Van Morrison's Wild Night. And also wild to think that this summer will mark the 22nd anniversary of the passing of Aaliyah, who was 22 when she died. August 25th, 2001. So technically, August 26th, 2023 we will officially be longer without her here than we were with her which is sad because it Mm. it, her star has been shining from the moment we got her first single in the summer of 1994 which went to number five on billboards hot 100 and also went to number one on the r&b chart back and forth with Aaliyah wrapping up united's rewind good job sharon I have back and forth on a CD single. I had it on a cassette. Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) Sounded great in my Walkman. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, we spoke... It was still the 90s, by the way. It's not necessarily only an 80s reference. (laughs) We we spoke uh, several weeks back about how the resurgence of tapes are coming back, cassette tapes. Like It's like Mm -hmm. a thing now. And so audience question um, would be, uh, which cassette tape from the 90s do you wish you still had? And maybe you still have it. I don't know. But like... I would say all of them since I got rid of them. Okay. I'm like, I'm never going to need these. I got compact discs. <laughs> Poor decision, Sharon. Poor well, decision. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I don't think that as as lasting as all of the the plat- the uh, yeah the platforms uh, for music are, I think um, none of them have foreverness to them. Vinyl breaks mm-hmm. uh cassettes melt um and get jammed up in your tape heads yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh cds the information actually lifts off the disc so it gets burned on and over time lifts off so you there's nothing you can do about that so then there's mp3s which are all well and good we have thousands of them on our phones and in our you know wherever we get our music uh, but the quality of those is nowhere near what vinyl was. But vinyl, you can't, you know, it's hard to bring a, a turntable in your car when you're driving or you're going, <laughs> or when you're going for a walk. 
There's that. There was See? a discman. Which Science would... and technology. <laughs> that is what I bring to this show. It's like something we didn't know about you at all. Zero. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, there we are at the end of it. Yep. Adam, we missed you. We'll mm-hmm. see you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally. Yeah. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, if you're just joining us, <laughs> we're going to do one more after this, and then we're going to take our summer break. Um, and so that, you know, it'll give you guys an opportunity to go back to other episodes that you may have missed and uh, stockpile and listen while you enjoy your summer break. <laughs> and here's a, here's a little test. I was actually going over our... Um, uh, like reviews on, you know, our podcast platforms. And so I would love for the people that are still listening all the way through this episode, which I'm sure is 99.9%. All of you. All of you are listening. Uh, We always appreciate a review. So, and a a five-star like, as Sharon says. Five stars. Five stars. So, yeah. If you could take a moment and do it. who, Who does four? Yeah. Just do five. Four makes you just sad. It's like second place is the first loser. (laughs) (laughs) We want to be the first loser, okay? (laughs) I once said that on the air. Somebody called me up and said how much they love that, and the other person sent me a text message and was like, that's absolutely deplorable that you said that on the air. Of course it is. Because I'm listening with my my child, and they can't handle the truth because I've told them otherwise. Here's your participation badge. (laughs) (laughs) Sharon All is right, on so, flames uh, tonight. Not even we're fire. Gonna, She's full of flame. <laughs> we're going to get some later letters now. Sharon's mean. Yeah. That's what a life of science will do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for finding us wherever it is that you do and then locking it in, passing it on, rating us five stars. And uh, thank you for listening to 90s Now. Still happening.